Welcome to our next adventure with Chemology 411, a podcast about anything and everything. Kim and her guests will take you behind the scenes, behind the story, or behind the bar. So sit back, make sure your seatbelt is fastened, tray table in its upright position, all carry-ons stored under the seats. But for this adventure, electronic devices must remain on as we are ready to take off on our next adventure, introducing Kim Schultz and Kimology 411. Hi everyone and welcome to season two, episode 108. This evening, we're going to talk about anxiety. We're even going to take a little quiz just to see how much anxiety Tyson and I have. I am Kim Schultz, and I'm your adventure coordinator for this show. Let's say hi to my co-host, Tyson Harley. Uh, 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 he's, saying, he's fine. He's fine, you guys. He's hello. fine. He's fine. He's fine. Anxiety. 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 Good job doing the rest. I know it. I got it. I know it. <laughs> well, you know, the I came up with this because uh, anxiety is really high right now, and there's so many people out that are that don't even know what's going on. And I get anxiety and depression and stuff like that. I know. I, I I'm I'm aware. You of mean it. they're not super self aware of what's going on with them? Is that yeah, all you meant? Yeah, that's what I meant. Is they don't understand what they're feeling gotcha. and they don't understand what to blame it on because God forbid they blame it on 2020 and all the stupidity that we've been having to go through. So I thought I'm going to look for an anxiety test. And so I found an anxiety test on um, psych, psychom.net. Okay. And so first of all, I wanted to go over the six common types of anxiety disorders. So we can get a little bit of education, and then Tyson and I, are, we each have our little laptops up, and we're going to... Schooling makes me nervous. He hasn't even studied for this better test, not. people. Schooling better not make me nervous as many I years as I was I'm going to say, you, you like school. So number one is generalized social, I mean, generalized anxiety disorder, which is GAD. It's characterized by persistent, persistent and excessive worry about everything. People with GAD... Um, may anticipate disaster and may be overly concerned about money, health, family, work, and other issues. Individuals with GAD find it difficult to control their worries. They may worry more than what seems warranted about actual events or expect the worst, even when there is no apparent reason for concern. So it's interesting because, you know, it kind of, if you want to remember this, just go, if you're really anxious all the time, you might go, yeah. God. And then you, God damn it. God. It's interesting also because, uh, you know, what do we say about this? And it, it, it's like ties it right in line. More than what seems warranted about actual events. And what's what's the uh, it's really easy phrase that we've heard a lot or really easy quick analysis is that um, if you're anxious about the, you know, don't be anxious about what hasn't happened yet. Uh, it, there's right. there's some quick little like a three phrase thing that kind of ties all these things together as far as being in the present and and what causes this and what causes that and you know thinking about the future is this being worried about the future is this being caught up in the past is this and I can't right. think of how that goes but that's what that reminds me of especially because it's just uh, generalized it's like oh no it's, oh no what are you okay now right. yeah I'm okay. 
And I think well, every, I think, and yeah, I don't mean people, to minimize, but you know, that's kind of what this is. But, but. I think a lot of people actually just have general anxiety uh, because a lot of people worry about a lot of stuff that they shouldn't really be worrying about because it hasn't really happened yet. So I think it has to do with kind of the level of worry. I think some of it's a little bit normal, but then I think we're talking about the extreme to where, you know, you can't sleep and and you're so worried and you're going through this conversation. You've already have it all written out of what you're going to do and then it doesn't happen and you've wasted all that time and energy. Persistent and excessive worry about everything may anticipate disaster and may be overly concerned, to your point, it's a matter of degree about money, health, family, work, or other issues. Right. Uh, and find it difficult to control their worry and uh, worry more than what seems warranted about actual events or expect the worst even when there is no apparent reason for concern. So yeah, uh, makes sense that that's that's one of the main ones. Also, you know, our, what do you call, this is very easy, DSM really likes the idea of disorders yeah. <laughs> disorders are, are, are a lot more fun to be able to diagnose against and uh, prescribe. So disorders are a thing, that, uh, you know, where you can just say, no, you've got something. Well, you can't right. even really tell me. Well, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's not very disorder. specific. Yeah. All right. That's number one. Go ahead. Should I read the second one? Well, I mean, we've, we're pretty professional. We've only been doing this for two years almost. So I can? Yeah. It's, it's, we normally go every other. It's kind of how, like, how you do it in school. All right. You did miss this a is, dance, though. This, uh, this is apparently someone being scared about a former vice president. Agoraphobia. Weird. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. We've all heard this. Technically, this is defined by intense fear and anxiety of any place or situation where escape might be difficult. So these are the folks who'd rather be at home. Agoraphobia involves avoidance of situations such as being alone outside of the home, traveling in a car, bus or airplane or being in a crowded area you may think of it as people who are afraid to leave their houses but this is you know they're making it broadly that last part was a quote too um yeah we do think okay that's a person who stays at home but it could be any escape situation and maybe even like a a crowded very crowded concert so my um say say in an arena my ex-grandfather-in-law um was a farmer but when he went to like let's say Topeka Civic Theater, which is our you know local theater, he had to sit by the exit door. Right. Like he had to like he had to sit. If we we would call up and be like, we need the exit door as close, and he had to know that he could get out. And when he would go into like a building, he would literally walk through the exit to know to make sure he knew how to get out. Sure. So, you know, like that so is... So he had, he had a tinge, if you will. Yeah, it was like he could go into it as long as he knew how to get out of it. Right. And, you know, the funny thing here is that they do... And I'm not saying this is wrong, but I would make it a little bit new, more nuanced based on the rest of their, their definition. They say where escape might be difficult. But in the classic sense, it's in the, in the way that we all think of it is, oh, you'd rather stay at home. It's more that you're away from your familiar uh, security and safety. Right. Well, but you, know? you also so have like... So it's both. I'm not saying that it isn't about, oh, can I get out of here? But it's also oh, could yeah, just be, it's about, I've got a familiar place I feel safe. A tree could fall on me. I could get hit by a car. Because you think, well, how can you be... I could fall on the sidewalk. A ball could hit me in the air. A bird could do... Right. I mean, like, you think of every possible thing that could happen outside your door. Yeah. And you just don't want to deal with it. And that's and they, where I mentioned where escape might be difficult. You're like, well, outside, you don't, it's pretty easy to escape. 
It's like, no, I no, mean, no. I, yeah. I, so it's more like, where's my familiar it's safety place? familiar, you are place. right. Yeah. Number three was the panic disorder. People who experience spontaneous, seemingly out of the blue panic attacks and are very preoccupied with the fear of a reoccurring attack. Panic attacks occur unexpectedly, sometimes even when waking up from sleep. It's not like you're necessarily thinking about something specific and the worry spirals into a panic attack. My daughter has always had panic attacks. Hers are always stemmed by her messing up and doing something wrong, someone breaking the rules and her not being able to to say like, they're doing it wrong. She she holds it. She when she holds something in, she just breaks down and has to go in and cry and and she mm. just has these attacks and then she breathes through it and then she exhausts her. She just wants to go to bed after it. And I do see these panic attacks more in the generation of my daughter, right? Because I just believe I that care. there was so much. There was so much information and so much stuff being thrown at it when we were in school you went to school and someone can call you on the phone right they could come to your house that was the entire thing our brains were not meant to be bombarded with non-stop yeah. information and that's what there's going to be a special communications because somebody said hey we've got a call for you in the office right yeah <laughs> and that would be its exactly. own its own its own panic but yeah you're right uh it could be just a general uh, a difference of of how our minds are not settled as much right. as they used to be, but I would say also something. Luckily, for me, this is totally foreign. I can't even imagine having one. But it's when uh, one thing that popped out to me is, boy, if you had one, you would potentially become preoccupied with the fear of another one. Right. Right. I mean that because as far as I tell, it's like you like you're practically out of your head when you have one of yeah, these. Yeah, you are. So once you have one of those, you have to manage both things. Hopefully, not having one, and then almost a generalized anxiety, a specific anxiety disorder about whether or not you're going to have another one, uh, which has to be quite the thing. Like, man, you better come up with mo- you. You think the guy who needed to you know look for exits needed a coping mechanism? Right. You better so, figure out your coping mecha- mechanism right here because you don't want to be worried about whether you're going to go into a job interview right. and have a panic and have uh, well, a panic so, attack. So my daughter, you know, got a speeding ticket the other day and she should have gone to court to fight it because it wasn't right. And she could have probably have won. But she said, Mom, I, I would have had a panic attack. I'm, I cannot be in that kind of a situation mm. where the stress she knows her stress level. And then I was watching a show called um is, I think it was called Alexa and Katie or Katie and Alexa. Which one? It was about the teenager that had cancer. Well, the girl that had the cancer was the strong one. And then she had her friend, the little blonde girl. And the little blonde girl was a straight-A student. Everything was going on. She had to take care of this. She had to do this, work a job, do this, do that, do that. And she would have panic attacks to where you'd have to, like, come in and, like, hold her hands. And, and then you would have to be like, what color is the sky? And you'd be like, blue. And then you'd have to talk her down into it and it was part of the show to show how these affect you because she wouldn't even be doing anything she would just be cleaning the table and then have a panic attack but it was also because there was so much responsibility on her shoulders which is what happened to me last week 
Like, I didn't have a panic attack last week, but I made mistakes that I should not have made because I'm, I had done too much. And that's why I was like, I cannot leave the house. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm, and I need to, like, calm myself down so I don't really have the panic attacks as much as I do have the anxiety. And that's just, right. like, I, I, I'm just like, I was, I was gonna so make, pissed I, off I was going to make week. that tie-in because I feel like this panic disorder is probably related to stress management and yeah. these, and uh, if you have a bunch of anxiety stacking up, yep. then it can happen because it's it triggered does. or because it's not triggered. Right. It might be just that you finally just hit the bursting point right. and you're not happy at the moment or just something weird happens because, you know, it says right here, seemingly out of the blue. So it doesn't always yeah. need a trigger event per se, and that you're panicky about right. a job interview. Right. It's not that you have the specific panic about a job interview. It's that now you have a job interview, and you've got so much generalized anxiety kind of built up anyway. Now you might have a a, a panic, a tend to panic about job interviews, but that's not necessarily what this means. Yeah, uh, panic attacks can. So it would it would make sense to me, man. There, you'd really want to be working on your uh, coping mechanisms right. and even just things like. How do I calm my mind? Well, and that's that's what they do. Is what you have to do is you start have to well, start and, and asking questions. General, you have like to know how to do it. So my daughter at, at the time and then just generally as a as but a but you can't like you like almost impossible for you to calm yourself down without somebody coming in. You have to be very very strong. So that's what you have to have the coping. So when you feel it coming on, my the only reason that I survived last week because mine was a mine was just a text message. And I had just fucked up. And I was like, motherfucker. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I cannot believe I did this. This whole week, I'm just, I hate this week. And then what I did was I was like this. Just breathe. You know what? You know what? You're going to fix it. You're going to fix it. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to make this happen. I got to figure it out. You cannot allow this to ruin. You got to breathe. You got to breathe. You got to breathe. And I walk I, because I, I, I don't want to go down that three day right. feeling like shit, t- tearing myself apart. That's coming from my coaching. My daughter, on the other hand, tries out for the play her freshman year, has a panic attack. She's so shy. She doesn't really know anybody in the school. She's so talented. But the other people, they're just not nice. They're snotty, and my daughter is, like, the nicest person ever, and she's very shy. Then she gets to be a senior, and she finally has, she's been in players, and she's done other acting. She's gotten to know some of the kids. They're still rude to her, but she's still got to know them. She, she, she tries out, and the music teacher comes over and goes, where have you been? Why have you not been doing this? And she was like, I was not able to audition. This school puts too much stress on you. Yeah, And she was like, "Uh oh. So my daughter had a solo in her senior play. She finally took her four years to build up to it. And you know what? You can do it, but people don't think that it's serious, but it is serious. Another thing about panic attacks, my daughter, is when we went to college, she went to college, and we went to her orientation. And at that point, she was in pre-med. And I said, Chelsea, you may take... Uh, 12 hours you may go full-time that's all you get now you're gonna go into a meeting and they're gonna try to get you to take 18 hours of college because they're gonna try to push you through here in four years you cannot mentally handle 18 hours I want you as a mother to enjoy college enjoy your classes and work your job and do what you want to do so she goes in they sit down with her of course parents aren't invited and she comes out and she's kind of smiling and i said 
what? And she goes, she, they just tried to she goes, yeah, them. they basically told me that they gave me all these reasons of why I had to take 18 hours and blah, 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 blah. And they went on and on and on. And they gave me the schedule. And I said, actually, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take 12 hours. And if you have a problem with that, you may go talk to my mom. And they were I like, no, they tried to do that. Yeah, they did 18 hours. And so she was, they were just kind of, they gave her, they tried to make her, they put her on a guilt trip say bad things but i had prepared my daughter for it and i said chelsea all you have to say is come talk to me because they don't know you and they know that they don't understand that you cannot mentally handle that many hours i i, I know my daughter and i'm was not this because of pre-med is that why they stacked it up yeah so much it was her? because oh, okay. all the science classes and all this stuff and they want to get her out of this so that she could go to wichita state to finish and then they have this plan trying to shove her through and i go you have no rush. There is no rush for you to go through school. You're living at home. You work your job. You're, you, you know, like you will graduate. She graduated in six years. She was fine. She's a um, yeah. summa cum laude. She, uh, she was in, then she went to art school, went in art. So then she was taking, you know, those classes are six hours a week, 10 hours a week because you're drawing or doing pottery. So, if you understand your parent, like I was not trying to make her a wimp. I just didn't want to deal with her anxiety. Yep. And it worked. It worked out fine. So panic attacks, it, they're they're real and they're not anything to joke about. And and they're not. But for those of us who can't even imagine ever having, I mean, stress gets me, but never enough. I'm gonna just straight up panic. But and so for us, say, it's hard. To, it's to say, it's I mean, hard to understand those people who just like all of a sudden think, they can't. They got to vibrate in place. Think about this. Think about last week when you called me and your student loan stuff happened, and all of a sudden that happened. How did you feel? What did you? How did you cope with that? You know, when I have a goal at the moment to solve a problem that is solvable at the moment, I just go to it. So it doesn't. It's not really panicky. So it's you didn't, like, but but you weren't. If you didn't get that money back and you had no money, when you were talking about that, was right. there any panic at all in trying to figure it out? Or you're just like, yeah, whatever. I guess just to not have any money because they mistakenly well, took stuff no, out of it. because I did. I were mean, you mad at yourself? But, what happened? Like, how did you handle that? What, no, I, no? I, it just didn't bother me in a way. I'm like, well, might be ramen noodles and. My mother has, uh, you know, lent me money here and there, and I right. pay her back. And uh, so I'm like, worst case, you know, my right. mom will swing me for a couple weeks, and yeah. it'll be okay. So I don't know how or why, but it. it That's it, because it, it you're seems... a logical person, and you figured you solved the problem as opposed to panicking about something that probably isn't even going to happen. Because panic attacks normally happen when when before it's even bad <laughs> for me what triggers when as close as i get to something that you relayed was was your your billing week or whatever that where you missed the you, you missed that was i'll what triggers me getting on that like you say what might have been a three-day binge is when i i specifically do something that makes me feel like how can any human be this stupid right 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 and it and then when i'm that hard on myself that's when i go closest to the edge if you will right right and it can it can be something so minute like not finding my keys for five hours that'll make me m much more mad than the idea that yeah i should have looked at my or emails. your wallet right right <laughs> um although sometimes that won't make me mad but not finding my keys or special and like dude i just and and then it if it gets in the way of needing to go do something right 
then it really, really make me mad. I'll really get mad at myself. So right. it's a very specific thing that yep. makes myself, it doesn't make me panic. It makes me pissed. Yeah. But that kind of, you were talking about that right. stress. Okay. So number four, phobias are strong, irrational fear reactions in the presence or anticipation of a specific object, place, or situation. Fear of heights is an example. So uh, I'd say irrational's key there, and the fact that it's in the presence of or in in anticipation of. Right. So oh, so we're gonna go we're gonna go up to the uh, top of the Capitol Dome. You could be scared. Right. Because, no, no, every, people, I mean, back when we had sanity, you know, it, on a day that that was open, there'd be, you know, 50 to 100 people a day would go up to the top of the Capitol Dome. Is it scary? Yes, it's kind of scary. But on the other hand, 50 to 100 people have gone, gone up there every single day. Right. So is it irrational? And then it's like, it's not even that you have a phobia about doing it. Even It's interesting that even anticipating having to do it. But then again, what, how does that manifest? Is it just it's, if it's just oh, it's fear fear reaction? So right. uh, I don't have a lot of phobias per se, but what what are some examples you would think of? Or well, so my phobia when it comes to that is okay. So when it comes to heights, um, I I like well okay. Well, this is really weird. So when <laughs> one of my phobias is is yeah, you know, I you put your hand out the window. Right. You're like, oh, the breeze. Something's going <laughs> to No, no. Oh. That if I had a ring on my hand, it had to be bent over. And it, I would never. So like when I had my oh, wedding yeah. ring on, I'm thinking in my brain, it would be like this. If I stick my hand out the window, my wedding ring could fly off. It's not going to. It's too tight. But I would always bend my finger no right. matter what. I, I, Because that's how my brain, my brain thinks about that kind of stuff. So I'd be like, I don't do it. But I can, I can. I can walk, I can climb the tallest ladder in the world, but I could not get down. I can't Whoa, go down so you the do ladder. Have a phobia. I can go up the ladder and I'm if fine. It kind of if I go up you. and up and up and up and up and up and up and up, but to go down, I would be like, holy, cause, because that is not, that's just not normal. Like going up is fine. Another thing is if I'm at the that's Grand Canyon. That's a fear Canyon, reaction because you're freezing. I yeah. Mean, if you're freezing, yeah, yeah. that's a fear reaction. I, like the Grand Canyon or whatever. If I look down, like I can't get that close. I'm, I'm not getting close to it. But another it's thing is, being a is if safe. you're in a train, if you're in a tra- like, a, like a, a crane and you're up there and I go to look up, my, le- my legs will get weak. I cannot look up at someone up. Like, like if you're on a ladder, I can't, I can't look up. So you couldn't be in one of those Sears Tower out at the edge. There's a glass floor. Um, I I can't. Yeah, yes, I, I can. Okay. I can do that if I am safe in there and I know that I'm okay. I will. I would gladly do. I would gladly do that. But if there was no wall around and it was a glass floor with no wall and I could potentially be bl- fall over. So you're kind of talking about safety and whether I'm how, how, say, how. Yeah, my, my brain just goes, that's not safe. But we're not covering all of it, but I'm going to cover this part and then bring up something else. For me, I, I think it's more logical, but I, whenever I think of, well, geez, if I made one mistake in that situation, there's a real decent chance I'd die. Yeah. Then those aren't so much phobias. 
I, I don't necessarily think I'd freeze, but I, I'm just not going to put myself in the situation. One yeah. of the reasons I'm not big on ever learning to do learning, uh, I've, I've, I've ridden one before. I've driven one before, ridden a motorcycle. But one of the reasons yeah. I don't really want to own one. Uh, so there's those two where it's almost like is a safety base. Right. But what about phobias? Like, okay, no, this freaks me. That don't even talk about clowns. Say for instance, I or, don't like clowns. Or no, clowns or are is there is there like animals Dolls. like animals? Dolls and clowns. Clowns like if you put me if you if I came into a room. Not my house, but if I walked into your house and you had a whole house full of clowns, I would smoothly just leave. And so would everybody else on the planet. <laughs> Same with those little, those ugly dolls, like with little ceramic faces yeah. and stuff, Anna sitting sounds... around, the ones that could just like look at you, those, those, those kind of are fearful for me. But another thing is, is that I would not show my fear. It would Please. be, it would be like... I, I would hate every minute. But of if it. a fear reaction can be hating every minute of it too, yeah, you know? I I, I um, would I would hate every minute of it. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I I, I can handle this. Some people it have really odd fun. ones, like, I mean, just really odd things. They, I'm trying to think. They might of, be scared of spiders. Uh, they could be scared of snakes, like because it's arachophobia. There's right. a bunch of phobias out there. Sure, and it but it can be the strangest things. Do, do we yeah. cover strange phobias? I feel like maybe we did once. We might have done. We yeah, so, I think we did. But just odd things to be scared of so let's say i don't know well bridges but that's kind of another safety thing where and and again it's it's how strong the reaction is like listen it's the golden gate you'll be okay you know right. no i am not driving over that yeah, bridge some people will not go over bridges uh, Seventy-five thousand cars drive on that every day you'll be okay i am not, not going, going on, on that the, bridge yeah. Yep, um, they have the bridges, they have elevators. A lot of people, a lot of people won't even go like if there's like the 13th floor or a certain number floor, they're like, "Yeah, I'm not going yeah, to that building right. because of of difference, you know, like when you get into like um superstitions, but that can also be like a phobia of like I'm not getting on an elevator or I'm not doing that. Um uh, but yeah, that that's Yeah, that's I weird. mean, some of them what's what's the more interesting ones to me that aren't really about safety, but just something freaks them the hell out. Like, like some people won't go to haunted houses. I mean, I don't like haunted houses. I don't have a phobia against them. I just don't like them. But there are some people. My friend thinks that if she goes into a haunted house, she will be murdered. She will be murdered. Yeah, I don't really want to go to one because I always kind of wonder: Are they really watching, making sure there's no real murder in this? Uh, yeah, exactly, this? exactly. Because like, otherwise, it's like the perfect cover, and they're like, yeah, it's "Oh like, man, oh, that's wow, quite a reaction." Yeah, that's great. Uh, no, but I think of that and the um, what do you call it? It's not hard. Uh, the crop. <laughs> I almost said crop circles. <laughs> I know it's got crop circles. Uh, no, no, hell? in the. Uh, uh, Haunted fields, but that's not what you call them. Oh, those are those are those are crop circles. No, no, where you uh, corn mazes. Corn mazes. Oh yeah, yeah corn, corn mazes. Maze. And I'm like, well, geez, I don't know that I really trust you guys have much of a control not after of this the perimeter. Movies. Yeah, uh, I don't of this perimeter, considering this is a you know 200 acre Especially field. Especially if Jason gets out. <laughs> All right, number five is separation anxiety. Separation anxiety refers to an excessive fear or worries about separation from home or somebody very close to you. And I think that that is, that a lot of people, they don't really realize what it is, but you know, like a single mom and her kids, like they, they, it's like when they have to leave, like the mom doesn't want her to leave. You ever see those movies where the gut, the, the child never leaves the side of the mom. And they just have that really weird relationship. Right. They have like that phobia. That's kind of all I can think about it. Cause I'm always like this. Yeah. Later. Bye. I don't want to be myself. Bye. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and again, this is we've talked about this with a lot of different things. It, it's a matter of degree because it's an excessive fear. A lot of people go, man, I really would rather not be away from you for a week or whatever, oh, or for us, for us, for us, <laughs> for us, three days, yes. oh, <laughs> for us, four days. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, it's it's another thing to go, no, no, you know, and then all of a sudden you're calling them all the time, or you're scared, or you know. Uh, but I guess it's not fear because someone's not there. It, it's, uh, well, no, it's, it's, it's probably related of, to and around just, separation. Well, being alone and them, and, 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 you know, like, things go through their head. Like, I can remember when one of the teachers at school, she was like, I didn't sleep all night last night. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, my daughter went out with her friends to a movie and drove for the first time. I was so scared. Like, I couldn't sleep, and I was so worried. And I was like this really like i never thought like when my daughter goes and drives it's like this bye because in my brain if something were to happen to her i was not able to stop it by ruining my entire night for right. the probability that something probably wouldn't happen and that i also wouldn't feel guilty that i wasn't sitting at home feeling worried about her because i ha- cannot stop the badness that that's going to happen that goes back to that generalized anxiety and worrying about what might happen right right so people so people do that so social anxiety disorder is the last one it's a con- is a condition characterized by intense anxiety related to a fear of being judged negatively negatively evaluated or rejected in a social or performance situation is also known as social anxiety disorder. It kind of made a run-on sentence there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, social anxiety disorder characterized by intense anxiety related to a fear of being judged, negatively evaluated, or rejected in a social or performance situation. So, yeah, uh, I think that, you know, that, that mean, might be also known as introversion. Those are two Venn circles that probably do overlap in some cases. I would have to say, cases. yeah. Well, and a lot of performers are the same way because they try, they go out there and they're just, they do beautifully and then they come back and they're like, that sucked. That was horrible. I can't believe that I, like, I've never performed that bad. And you're like, you were beautiful. No, it, it wasn't. It was so bad. And or afterwards, the same performer was so full of energy and aura that was just projecting across the entire arena or theater, then it's time to go meet folks who are happy to see them afterwards. And they're very uncomfortable to do that. Right. Or they don't want to stay for the, you know, after party. They'd rather oh, just, yeah. they'd rather just get out of the building as soon mm-hmm. as possible instead of chill these out. These are the just like room. maybe you're just thinking that maybe this might happen, right? Well, what I, no, the difference for me would be that I might chill in the green room, but I never felt comfortable going out to the bar area and just drinking with people. I don't feel comfortable in that. I don't. I feel like a twelve-year-old whenever anybody's drinking about around me. I'm like, I'm not old enough yet. What do we talk about? Are there going to be girls? So, <laughs> I've always been it's so weird. I've always been. <laughs> you are so weird. I've always I've been intimidated by what to do with a with when drunk personalities are about. Right. It's yeah. Like, They're I, a little. It, I mean, it, it's it's. it's it's it's, weird. It is a little different. I mean, and I'm I'm able to handle. I'm able in to green handle room, that. The people weren't drinking. The uh, people were in the green worm room. Worm. worm. <laughs> green room were usually just not drinking. They were chilling. 
Uh, so I would stay here and there. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, being judged, negatively evaluated. Oh my gosh, would you look at? Would you look at her? Oh, she look at right. that hair. You know, and overly concerned with that. Like, listen, I, and you're that, seeing ghosts where there aren't. It goes back to this uh, anticipation of, you know, when it doesn't mean it's true. It means that you're almost putting that on other people and assuming right. that people are doing that, are doing it more than you think. Uh, well, and that's at least a lack of confidence. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty confident with myself when I walk in. I might think, like, I just look fat tonight. But I also think like this, I don't care what they think. P-H-A-T. I don't think, I just don't care. Like, don't, I just don't care. And and even though I do care, but I don't care enough to having anxiety about it. I think the only one that I would have is generalizing anxiety. I wouldn't think um, about, well, I should say that. Let's see. Fear of being judged. Yes, because whenever you think yeah. maybe the cool kids are there and you're not going to say the right thing and then you stupidly say things awkwardly instead of naturally. Right. Yes, negatively evaluated, same same situation. What if I yeah. do say something awkward or stupid uh, or there's somebody mean there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the <hot> little <laughs> They're mean No, I, I can, I can, I can and, see that, though. I mean... Are rejected in a social... So that's, that's the same thing to me. I mean, they're just saying it different ways. So what if the... I mean, one person is a little bit mean, but then all of a sudden they get a couple people yeah, laughing. Yeah, they just kind of like, they kind they of gang up on you in a joking way, but that's uncomfortable for you because you're already uncomfortable being there. And now, you know, and then that happens all the time. And, you know, we, we all do it. Like I make fun of you, but it's all, it's all in, it's all in jokes. Cause I, I, I don't want to push the, the margin too, too far. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just for, it's for joking. But if I was sitting here and I was like, yeah, he doesn't ever listen. Tyson doesn't listen. And then like four other people came in and they really didn't know you very well. And they were like, you don't listen because you do this. It would, you, you would get that kind of anxiety. Like, well, wait a second. Now you're all ganging up on me. It's one thing when you're talking to another person and you're having a banter back and forth but when someone when when the whole group comes and starts attacking you about it if you don't have enough confidence in standing up for yourself then yeah i could see that the disorder well, would be because and, and i would slam people like if they all started if they if someone tried to attack me or whatever i would be slamming right back i would slam right back i gotta be him. careful it's a it's a superpower i've got to be careful it doesn't always work when i when i when i um you know, bounce back at them. But the inter one interesting thing about this definition too is this aspect of the performance situation as opposed to merely social. Mm -hmm. A social or performance situation, this makes it appear as though this would be a so social anxiety disorder, or I should say maybe makes it obvious or, or points out that this therefore could be um, something that really make someone not a good worker right yeah at uh, work because they're too concerned overly concerned as most all these say it's it's an intense it's it's a uh you know unnecessary excessive concern is what right. most of these are about and you're worried that yeah you've got to find your got to find that little bit of courage or comfort at work or you're going to be in trouble and, now, I, and I, I know it can it can be more specifically related like no i'm fine with day to day and who i but 
don't ask me to do any me don't ask me to do any presentation that's what I was, I was gonna say or or they were like all right so we've got these these meet these networking things that we need to go to and john can't go north so tyson you need to go to these networking things and there are basically a hundred people that you've never met before and you're there now to have to go talk to them about the product that you sell and you're like i I'm literally just the person in the cubicle. I, this is not who I am. Right. So that would be a little bit of social so that, social that could be anxiety. more specific as opposed to generally at work. But yeah, that social, I'm sorry, performance situation. Yeah. It could be in specific situations. For me, most of the time, as long as I have the excuse of, hey, I'm supposed to do this officially, then it comes off of me. I'm like, well. Right. Everybody it's knows my I'm job. Here. I Everybody knows I'm here for a particular but, reason. But that's then, the actor in you. You're yeah, putting maybe. on a character. You like you're like and so cuz I do the same thing. But it's also knowing that well now it's more of a task to finish as opposed to right. just generally being I'm supposed to represent in radio I actually really liked remotes which seems opposite, right? For me, remotes were, you know, when you go to, you know, we're going to be down at uh, the zoo and we're going to be there at the corner so come by and, and talk to us. I love talking to people because there is an excuse to talk to people. Right, but it fits uh, in. It fits into it. It's it. It's there's a purpose and there's a reason, and it fits. There was into a common the, reason it, right. they would come by. There was a common topic. Yeah. There wasn't just well, how are you doing? My name's Tyson. You know, it. <laughs> they came by for a reason. I had tasks, and which one of the tasks was to be friendly. To your point of right. being an actor, mm -hmm. but I don't mind visiting with people who who have you know who have a commonality especially something we want to discuss because I, I i like that idea so if someone comes by and says hey so what do you think of who's your you know what's your favorite george jones song that's on the air right now i tell them and we'd have a good old time but if somebody came about. over if, if you did a remote and somebody came over and started heckling you and was being mean to you then the next time they sent you out that could cause you to be like i I didn't enjoy it last time. As long as you're having a pleasant experience at doing that. So it takes a bad experience for someone to even start a social anxiety. To be, you know, I mean, they some people could have it, but you could you could have a bad experience with something. So you're you do have to do a presentation and you're like, I can do it. I can do it. And you get up there and you just bomb and your boss is like, yeah, that sucked. And people are like, why are you up here? The next time they say do a presentation, that's when social anxiety comes in because you're rehashing what happened. And that little bit of weakness has now became this 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 anxiety of I'm going to suck again. And, and not minimizing it when it's more general. But, you know, right. for me, when that type of thing, it can be, well, what's is there a lesson to be learned here? Yeah, right. be more prepared. Think through it. Yeah, and that's that uh, would be that's how you fix it. But most people don't right, do that. Right. And especially like if it's brain, much more. Your brain if it's goes, much oh. more. Um, that's you know, what I do. general than that. Right. And it's like, oh, geez. I mean, I might not like the way someone reacted if I thought they didn't need to be that mean. But if I had to do it again, I would just go, okay, what do I need to do differently? Right, right. You know? And that, and that's exactly my point. I wouldn't, is, I wouldn't go, I'm not going to do it. Someone might have to sign me, but I wouldn't go, oh, can't do that last time. But so, my point no. is most people don't have, or some people don't have the how can I make it better part. 
They've just, they're so weak and they're, they don't have any confidence. You have confidence in your ability and your intelligence. To be prepared, yeah. You, and and, and, and you would go home and probably, like like me, I'd be like, well, first of all, they'd be like, this would I'd be like this. You know what? This does suck. Yeah, I That's do. That's because I, did I was suck only given three hours to do this. But and then maybe I'll take me. a little bit yeah. more time. Totally my fault. But 20 years ago, I probably would have cried because right. I'm a different person now. So, all right, let's go take this quiz. Just a really short quiz. Three We're min- on three minutes. Psychom.net um, anxiety test. So the first question that we have is, do you worry about lots of different things? And so your answers can be either be never, rarely, sometimes, often, or very often. And so do you worry about lots of different things? And I'm going to say rarely. This is below is a list of questions designed for people who are experiencing anxiety-inducing thoughts. Okay, so... All right, and so this is never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often as to whether or not you're worrying about a lot of different things. Okay, I was just making sure it's the same one. So I said I rarely. I rarely worry about lots of different things. I rarely worry. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, mean, yeah, I'd say rarely as far as it not being, I worry about things, but generally sometimes being, trying to be too cool for school means you let things roll. It shouldn't keep rolling you should be i really i do worry about it i really okay do you have trouble controlling your worries not anymore yeah i'll say sometimes uh that's the middle option for me so did you get do you get irritable and or easily annoyed when anxious um sometimes like 2020s piss me off the whole time so i do get i'll say sometimes too does worry or anxiety make you feel fatigued or worn out? So when it happens, often mm, wears me out. This whole fucking yeah. If, wears if this, me out. If, if, if as to the general anxiety aspect, of to the extent that I could have that, that wears me out. Specific ones don't worry me out, but the general blanket of them do. Mm-hmm. So I'll say at least sometimes. Does worrying or anxiety? Oh, it's your term. I think no, I mine. read that. One. Oh, does worrying or anxiety interfere with falling, fa- falling, and or staying asleep? Mm. So it's kind of um, like when it does happen. I don't know because that can kind of relate to rarely. meaning. Do you often have that sleeping problem, or is it when you're feeling worried? When you're feeling worried, does it, do you ever go to bed and just worry about something? You can't go to sleep because of something. I have rarely. I'm oh, a me sleeper. Too. Me too. I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't usually. It, 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 it can build up enough for me uh, to not sleep well, um, but not very often. Does worry or anxiety make it hard to concentrate? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'd say sometimes, too, because, man, as I've, as I've said before, I, I, this is kind of a personal conversation, but we'll say it. I said, well, wake, uh, welcome to my world, Kim. In 2020 and 2021, where you're like, what the fuck is going on with the world? And this is this general blanket. Right. And it and thinking about the contradiction of all these things, it makes you it makes it hard to concentrate. And I said, right. welcome to my world, because I've been on some 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 of this stuff where I've gone deep dives and said, 
I'm just as convinced about this, which is what people are denying, as I am that up is up and down is down. Yeah. And so I've had that about many main topics. We won't get into them now. Yeah, I don't know uh, that. Just knowing that, that I've had the, that for 20 years uh, that I've known about some vicious topics and really 25 years for some of them. Uh, yes, it does. If I think about them too much and if they build up, the ones I know about from way back in the day. But yeah, certainly when when those things build up, it, it, it can make it hard to concentrate. That said, I just said sometimes there. Do you feel jumpy? Never. Jump around. Jump <laughs> Sorry, around. Jump up, to... jump up, and get down. Do you feel jumpy? That's okay. I never feel yeah. I never feel <laughs> like whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah, ah, what was oh, that? Oh, goodness what gracious. That? What? Well, you, you talked a little loud. I was feeling anxious. You did jump, Ooh. though. You did jump earlier when I... Well, that's because, because the mic was so yeah, loud in my so ear. <laughs> you jumped. Do you worry about how well you do things? Ah, so the question is, do you worry about them or do you pay attention to it? And it's like, do you worry I, about them? You know, do you, do you, do you focus or, or do you, is that important to you? That's not so, the question. Is it important to you? How well you do things? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I worry in this sense? I'm going to tell you probably 10 years ago, it would be often because I didn't have the confidence that I knew what I was doing because I self-sabotaged myself. But now that I have my coach and I have what I do with all my classes and my books, I have built this confidence to be like, uh, rarely do I have to worry about the things that I do because I know that I'm pretty good and I try to rearrange it to be as best as possible. So I I don't worry either. And a quick aside will be when I jump into a, a new position and people act like I must be 12 and they've got... Like, no, dude, I've got this. If I don't, I'll ask you. And that worries me more. I shouldn't say that. I should, it bothers me more when but someone doesn't go. Yeah. yeah we, we, l- listen, you don't have to hold my hand. I'm adult enough and smart enough by a mile to, if I have a problem and need a question answered, I will ask. Right. But you don't have to assume that. Any of my motivations are stupid or or not intelligent. I'm always trying to look for ways to make sure I'm getting to the right answer. So I don't worry about how well I do things. Um, right. I just continue to try to do things well. Do, do you worry about I things? I think this is more. Oh, it is? I don't know. <laughs> do you worry about things working out in the future? Um, I don't know how skinny or fat are so, they because maybe the thing should work out. So do you worry about things working out in the future? And I'm going to say this. I take I take on my assignments as if every single one of them is going to be successful. And when they don't, when they're not successful, I just move on to the next one now. And I've done that for most so of my So you're life. saying your thoughts are it's, my thoughts it's are, the exception, my thoughts not are, the rule. My thoughts are not everything's going to work out. I'm going to give it my all. If it doesn't work out, it wasn't meant to be. And I just need to move on. Do I worry about things working out in the future? But now yeah, if we directed that Mr. towards what's going on right now, then my whole the whole anxiety comes in oh, because yeah. worrying about the future right it depends now depends on personal things. Is, it's it's like that would be that would be like an um, very often. Yeah, but in my normal life, yeah. but right now, I am going to say sometimes because currently right now, me worrying about things for the future, I am worried about the future. I'm worried about all the people losing their jobs. I am worried right. about all the companies that are going to close down. Yeah, if you take it I that am, way. I am worried about that. And I, I have normal the same, stuff. I have the same dichotomy, yeah. 
Uh, do you worry about things that have already happened you in the past? You have just read three in a row. No, Can, no. Yeah, you're right. I, uh-huh, I just, uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> just big hog. Do you worry about things Did you that say are, big hog? <laughs> oh. Do you worry about things that have already happened in the past? Uh, I give myself three days and it's over. But no, I don't worry about the past. I'm not worrying about what they did in 2020. I'm worried about what they're going to do next month. Right. To me, the only time that happens and you're bringing it out to the external world, then I worry about things in the past just as them being signs that will happen in the future. But as far as my personal things, uh, I would say rarely. That's why I said rarely. It's kind of just over. Did you want this one since we don't know? No, you go right ahead. I, I'm not a, I'm not a. I always liked to read things when I was a kid. Do your muscles get tense when you are worried or anxious? Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but my muscles are tense all the time. Dead. Yeah. Never. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, I don't. My muscles don't get tense. I take uh, my coral calcium. You know, I have to. I have to say. I have to say. Sometimes mine is in my shoulders. My, I'll say never. I mine. Mine is in my shoulders because I get a massage and she's like, "Holy crap, what's going on?" I carry all my stress in my shoulders, so mm. I do have to say sometimes. I get it. And I, it's not like I'm like this uh, tense. It's just literally I can't move my neck or my back. I do that so again. I want to watch. Sometimes. Me. <laughs> like, that's like my. Like my Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's, it, it's right. I can feel it in my neck. Um, and that is. Does the Hulk have generalized anxiety disorder? Shut up. <laughs> Panic, phobias, separation anxiety. Do you experience anxiety. repetitive and persistent thoughts that are upsetting and unwanted? Um, so when that happens to me, I give myself three days to talk about it. Non-freaking-stop. Um, sometimes if it's a really, really, really bad thing that's happened, whether I did it or not, I can give myself a week, but I do have to give myself a day and then I have to tell myself it will be over. It will be done. It will be over. It will be done. It will be over. It will be done. I, you, you can, you can talk about it now. And then I talk about it to everybody. Well, and then it doesn't have to with. even be, I, I, I do think this is part of it, but just to be clear, I don't think it has to be, Oh, Jesus you screwed that up and how much you, you linger on that. But it can be like, man, I stink. I mean, that could be the repetitive right. and persistent thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'll say sometimes, because yep. th- th- those will happen, um, where I'm not happy with myself for a while, and I don't want those thoughts. Uh, yeah. They're upsetting, they're unwanted, and they can be persistent for at least short periods of time. So I'll say sometimes, is this yours or mine? Yours. Because I don't want to be old. I mean, I am a hog. Yours. <laughs> 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 Do you experience strong fear that causes panic, shortness of breath, chest pains, a pounding heart, sweating, shaking, nausea, um, upset, indigestion, diarrhea, no, <laughs> nausea, <laughs> dizziness, and or fear of dying? Uh, let, let me say that in a non-sarcastic way. Do you experience strong fear that causes panic, shortness of breath, chest pains, pounding heart, sweating, shaking, nausea? dizziness and or fear of dying i'm just gonna say basically never never never. i said never to i i mean maybe 20 years ago i could have been more but i'm so i'm pretty laid back now do you ever you you know i should say is that say pounding heart like sometimes the funny thing is as soon as i start giving any kind of presentation or Mm -hmm. stage 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 my heart will beating be beating off stage right 
when it's about when I'm about to go on stage, it's a good example. And it might have been before speeches or before, but I haven't had to give many speeches in front of audiences anytime recently. But uh, my my heart would pound then. But then as soon as I step on the stage, it's gone. Yeah, mine, mine too. Like when I'm getting ready to go out and do a, I have to speak to people, start a presentation. I have a little bit, like a little anticipation, but once I get out there, it's gone. So I'm not. But I'm still going never there because I, I, I could say rarely. It's either one, but uh, yeah. I'll say never for that. Do you ever avoid places or social situations for fear of this panic? That same and panic that, up there? Yeah. Well, that would be not applicable then yeah, if you said never. Never. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might avoid places, but not for fear of shortness of breath, chest pains, pounding heart, and so on. So never for okay. me either. Do you uh, do you ever engage in repetitive behaviors to manage your worry? For example, checking that the oven is off, locking doors, washing hands, counting, repeating words. I don't think so. I'd have to think through. I mean, I, I have... Now, habitually is not repetitive. Like, if you check your pocket each time you leave the door, that's not checking it 15 times in the next 10 minutes. So I don't think they go, you know, when you go, okay, keys, wallet, you don't have to do that. But, you know, cell phone. I do, too. That is, I go, that I is go, once. I say I have three things. I got to do my headphones, my keys, and my phone. But do you and then I, check it 10 more times? I do. As you're, as you're leaving. Oh, I do. And then, and then I get in the car when I'm heading to the airport. And I will literally pull the wallet out of my purse to make sure that I can physically see the driver's license that is going to be in the wallet no matter what. I have to see those things because I don't so trust my brains. Yeah, I would say sometimes. And here's the problem is that I don't trust me. I don't I don't I'm trust the, the fact that, goes back that to the like, I have to be very careful because I've... I've misplaced things so like when i travel down to um remember you mentioning going down to dallas i have like a little purse that i carry around and then i have my big backpack purse that has my car keys and all that stuff that backpack purse cannot leave the house and the keys do not come out because if i were to take the keys out and put them on the dresser i would get back to kansas city and those stupid keys would still be on the dresser because my brain would just would like Last week, my brain literally just went crazy and didn't do it. If I was supposed to take these papers, which, by the way, I've got an envelope here that I need to find to take to a client. But if I don't put it in that car, I will never remember to take it to that client. Coping mechanisms. It's 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 just the way I am. So I, yeah, I think I do sometimes as well if we bring that type of thing in it, like the I don't want to forget this when I go someplace. That's a big one. Now again, if it's like, okay, dude, you're at the you're at the grocery store. Why are you checking for your? I mean, it really depends on how how repetitive. But I do think that here yep. and there you go. Well, shoot, I just I just misplaced this yesterday, so now I'm checking even more than usual. Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? That happens more when I've lost something. I'll check in the exact same place 50 times. Right. 51st time it'll be there. <laughs> so right. Yeah, and um, then your ghost drops it off like, in there. And, and then you'll be like, but I checked here. So when I lose things, it gets it gets insane. Right. Because it's like, well, why would you check your car again? Didn't you just basically dump it over? Except that you can't lift it up. But in all practical senses, you've looked every single spot. Well, because where else would it be? So I check it again. 
and you know that don't don't trust yourself situation. Yeah, I I, I do, do not trust score. myself. I do not trust myself. Oh, we don't okay. have to do the email. So um, go ahead and hit submit. If we and have to do this again, I'm going to be mad. <coughs> My results are mild indications of anxiety disorder. Uh-oh, mine's still... Keep going. There you go. You're mild, too. Oh, but it says right in the middle. You'd think mine would be fairly far... It's it's like a, a half of a sphere, you know, like a, like a yeah, scale mine from is too. low to high. I'm a mild indication that you have symptoms um, common among people with anxiety disorder. However, this quiz is not substitute for a proper diagnosis. But once again, we always come out with the same thing. I'm just anxious that this might not be accurate. I know. I'm very worried about it. Let's do it four more times. <laughs> Reality is, is that I know that I have anxiety. I don't have the panic attacks, but my anxiety is so big as of 2020. And the people out there that are feeling, they don't understand why they're tired. They don't understand why things don't make sense. They don't understand the brain fog and everything that's happening to them. Um, it, it's it's everything that's going on. It's all the misinformation that's being fed to you. Whatever misinformation it is. You know, when they say ignorance is bliss, I think it would decrease some of our anxiety if we were just truly just uh, you know knocked on the head in the right place. Yeah. Um, and we, we now it did say that you know that is not a diagnostic tool. So no. just for a quick intro on the beginning of of that uh, test, uh, just to let you know over on uh, Psycom. That's p s y c o m dot net. It said, uh, these are the questions are designed for people experiencing anxiety inducing thoughts. Uh, but, and the questions relate to life experiences common among people who have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And uh, so then it, it says, how accurate? It's not a diagnostic tool. Mental health disorders can only be diagnosed by licensed healthcare professionals. If you'd like to learn more about anxiety, Psychom's guide, and it has a link. Tell me all I need to know about anxiety. <laughs> Sounds like a good source. Sounds like a good one. Um, and Psycom believes that assessments can be a valuable first step toward getting treatment. All too often, people stop short of seeking help out of the fear their concerns aren't legitimate or severe enough to warrant professional intervention. And then it says it's highly treatable as is anxiety through a combination of cognitive behavior therapy and in some cases medication to learn more. They have a a generalized anxiety disorder overview article as well. So, so according to Anxiety and Depression Association of America, ADAA, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illnesses in the United States, affecting 40 million adults. And I'm going to guarantee you that that is probably 10 times that right now. Because this is from 2017. I guarantee you there's 400 million anxiety people with anxiety i guarantee i, I well, think everybody has to have anxiety at this point right now like everybody has to anxiety except they're only got 330 million but yeah your point's well taken well, i'm across just saying the globe. Like everybody <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying everybody everybody in this in the world right now has some sort of anxiety it says ages 18 and older or 18.1 percent of the population every year i can guarantee you that that is I about 75 40 especially oh if it's just that lower generalizing right now i hate to say lower it's but i think that's the one that covers the most people probably as they're like one to out of 13 agoraphobia or panic i say one out of two i say 50 percent at least i'd say no less than one out of three and closer to one out of two yeah i'd say 40 to 60% is a pretty good range. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm in a so great anyway, place I'm just here. saying that anxiety is a very common thing right now. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And um, my the, the what I do is I do my meditation and my yoga. It, meditation works so well. Um, having your coping mechanisms, being able to talk yourself down as opposed to talk yourself into a panic attack. Because I think that's a lot of times that's what we do when we self-sabotage ourselves. Oh, yeah, good point. Is we talk ourselves into it. And what I do is I talk myself out of it because when you're in a marriage and you think, oh, my gosh, if I get divorced, my life is over. And then you get out of that marriage and you're like, oh, oh. oh I the birds, okay. the birds are what? still chirping. Mm, that's weird. I still have a life. So once you once you have been once you've healed from something like that, you realize that every day something bad can happen, but tomorrow's a new day. Things can be better. And with anxiety, you know, like some of it, some of it is just it's it it there is a chemical. But we are now training. We are now training young children that without a mask, they're going to kill people. We are now training small children that they cannot hug. Not stressful we are at all. Not, we are training small children some really bad habits that they do not understand. They're going to have to be fixed to get over it. So I believe that in my mind, this is Chemology 411 telling you that we are training this, the, the next generations to have more social disorders, more mental disorders than ever before. And it will be a crisis. It will be something that will affect generations to come. And it is so sad that there are people out there that are just, yeah, sure, we don't really care because right now we want to care about this and we don't care about the long-term effects yeah. of how this is Said happening many a time when you look at only some of the calculus then you miss you miss the the big picture yep here's uh, something uh now they said anxiety by itself is not a disorder it's a physical and emotional symptom that we all experience and it can have value it is a sign that something is wrong physically or emotionally or that we're not safe in the environment or within ourselves anxiety becomes problematic if we discussed as we've discussed on different in various different uh, topics and at different times when it affects functioning when it's not transient or fleeting but static that's when it's considered an anxiety disorder so there's a lot of things that kind of get defined by well once it affects how you function you know and i was thinking of our uh, our clickbait uh, um, scenario that we talk about on dip uh, diplomatic 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 immunity <laughs> I'm sorry, diplomatic chaos diplomatic immunity dang it we can't shoot him that dang evil south african my shoulders out my shoulders out uh so oh gosh anyway <laughs> On Systematic Chaos, we discussed a, a Netflix a, 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 um, limited series called Diplomatic, <laughs> called Clickbait. And it made me think, uh, flashback that really quickly, because a given stressful situation can then make you more likely to feel stressed and non and, and, and uh, not being able to function. And when you said, I tried to talk myself out of a panic attack, all of a sudden, even if you don't have it generally, you can get such a massive amount of of panic that then you can't think straight and you're so more wor worried about this reaction that you'd never had before. You probably think of some scenes of, off of clickbait that I'm thinking right. of, particularly the wife. Uh, so 
you've never had that, but now you're so stressed, you don't know how to really deal with things, and you're dealing with things that are different than the than the way than the way you would have dealt with them, the way you did see the world prior to that, and the way right. people had treated to treated you prior to that. So. Right. Yeah, I to- I to- I totally agree. I I just want you know people. This this website has a lot of good a lot of good information on it, um, talking about all the different things out there. Um, and <laughs> do you have re-entry anxiety as one of their links? Like oh. I guess re-entering into the regular world. Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah they people people did because now they have this this these people believe that they're now in charge of their life and that they get to control what they do and that their employers, we have all of that. We have, you know, the, the, the people that were working from home made that extra money, not having to pay a daycare provider. And so now they don't want to go back to work because they are living off of that money that they were paying. It's a, it's a lot of money. So they got the taste of the sweet goodness. And now, you know, they, they realize, and I've always said, you know, if you're making, you know, $50,000 a year and you're paying $15,000 a year in daycare and you're bringing home $35,000 of that. So you're really only bringing home $20,000. Why don't you stay home with your kids and find a part-time job and work opposite things and make it happen? People are like, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, now they're getting that taste of like, you know, maybe I can do that. So, you know, things are things are different uh, out, out in the world and to re-enter would be something. Um, I, I, I don't know. I was reading some of the signs and symptoms here, and I think I think well, we kind of uh, went. Well, one thing about re-entry, it reminds me of. Uh, we're going to flip to some of our other topics called introversion, extroversion. When you were a kid, were you ever nervous about seeing all the kids again when the summer was over? No. I was. I was so excited. That I, summer I was, was over. not. Sometimes, and I like school. Yeah. But I would feel nervous about seeing seeing kids again. I, I like all actually of a sudden seeing spent, people again. Well, it just felt awkward to not see them I was, that so long I and then see them again. I missed all my friends that I, I hadn't seen. In a way, I did, but in a way, and I think this went well into my my schooling. I, in some sense, I almost would have rather had it be year round. Not really. I mean, all right. things all things figured, there's no way I wouldn't have wanted summers off. But in that regard, it just it felt so awkward right. to no, me it, to to see people that I hadn't seen. Well, you have reentry from jail into the into the normal world. There's got to right. be anxiety there. They haven't been able to be free for what 25 years, and now they're going to walk into a world that a is going to not like them because they're an ex-con. And are they going to be able to get a job? Now they're going to have to literally su- support themselves. So you have you have reentry there. You have reentry in when you're an empty empty nester. So you're a parent, and your mm-hmm. kids are all off on college. So you have to reenter into the just the married couple, or in my case, just be by myself. So you have these reentries in life that that change. You have the reentry from when you graduate from college. If you're a full-time scoot, you have to go yep. into the reentry. Now you leave school and you go into the, the the workplace of how people are going to feel. There's a lot of anxiety, and I'm not like that. I'm just like because I've always had three jobs. So I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, another job, another job. Reentry is another way of suddenly uh, get, you're going to be in a new environment. Uh, and yeah. So sometimes it's just entry because, but in this case, it's just a, a specialized form like. When I say, I've said before, you go to high school and then all of a sudden you go to the service. You never had real life expenses because it is it is a living. 
Right. But it's not the same thing you have to get used to yeah. when you just are getting a college straight, uh, uh, getting an apartment straight out of high school. Because yeah. you've got, you don't have all the regular expenses. You've never had to deal with that because you're living in the in yeah, the uh, in the be. barracks, and that's that's paid for. It. <clears throat> Thank you. That that always helps. I appreciate that. Helps my anxiety. Um, and really quickly, we're not going to go over it, but I just saw this list of of uh, of nine uh, in here on ways to overcome reentry anxiety. Enlist support. Set boundaries. Create a bucket list of things you miss most. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Give yourself time to adjust. Um, keep what worked. Embrace a new you. Recognize and help others who may also be struggling. Seek treatment. So that's on psychom.net. Um, you can find that reentry. Um, do you have post-COVID anxiety? Uh, I suppose that stuff would, would apply to many kind of reentry or entry into an entirely new environment type of a situation. Right. Yeah. I think... I think I have done really, really well, but I have had some bad. I have had some bad weeks. I am trying to change my schedule, getting more uh, yoga and meditation in my life to clear my brain out. Um, I know that last week, uh, this was not this Monday, but the following Monday before, I was. I had had it. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't. Like I could not. And my and my coach was like, "You're full. You're full." So I started writing and burning every day. And that really worked out really well. And we've I never really talked about that in in detail. I'm gonna have to ask you that afterward. I, I have yeah. some sense because I've read a lot of improvement books, and I'm thinking what you're saying is a little bit different species, as you just said just now, right. than than the what what I heard. So I'll be interested to hear. I'm gonna I, ask I, you I that. I do that. Right that and I got my morning routine back, which has changed the world. Like I feel ba- I'm, I, I feel off when I don't wake up and meditate. Uh, do some sort of education and go work out at some sort of workout. Those are my three things that I have to do before I start my day. And normally I get done around 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning and then I start my work day. What, what happened on remote work is, you know what my morning routine is? 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Okay, the computer is in the next room. So let's see, 7.45, <laughs> 7.50. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I succeed? 7.55. <laughs> All right, let's get up and walk into the next room. <laughs> you shouldn't. You should not, get up at seven. Not, you should meditate. Not saying it's the most you healthy, but Mr. it doesn't particularly bother me. You, you honestly should meditate. I know I should. I've got a, I've got a good place for it too. And my current animal. <laughs> have you seen the um, Geico commercial? Or, or there's some commercial where they've got an animal in their, in their, uh, in their attic and it's animal from a muppet show yes anyway my current animal does not like scratch at the door to get into the room i am in he'll be patient and just hang out my previous cat would so i could totally use now that i have more space than i did uh since i got the house then uh, i could really take that spare bedroom and 90 percent of the time can just be my little silent meditation yes. area so yes i should you need that. to I'm, I'm telling you just it it just changes it changes your life and my routine in the morning it's gotta it's gotta be that routine and um i, I love it it's it's helping with my anxiety and my anxiety is coming from all of this misinformation and all of these people who think that they're better than me and think that, you know, like, if you don't just comply, we already did a, we did a whole entire episode of comply. Um, and knowing that, that there are, there are millions of people out there that have the same feeling as I do, 
but you they, you don't hear from them because nobody's willing to want to open up their mouth and say it. It's just the other people and then the government about to fall apart. I know the stock market's going to crash. I know the housing market's going to crash. I know all of this stuff is coming. And I'm like, you know what? You can't control it. So yeah. keep doing your work. Keep meditating. Uh, and Live your ammunition. life. Make sure that you have enough food to handle what's ever going to happen, and 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 just and and just realize that if you ever need to bulwark this uh, this place, just bring me over. I'll flex, and people will be like, "Let's go to another house." It's, oh, okay, yeah. That'll, yeah. that'll reduce. What, what are you flexing? <laughs> <laughs> what What was that? I I don't are you, know. That are, was you, just, are you in your tank top? That, that was just are, an ex, are, are that was just in, an expression. Are we still in our tank top? Have we have we do we do we feel this secure the, in the tank top yet? An expression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, very quickly, I wanted uh-huh. this totally a side uh, a side note. I, you know what we're feeling now, and I I don't want to get you sentimental. Know, uh, cla- I don't want to get classist or sound like I'm a Black Lives Matter. Uh, uh, activist per se but it made me think the other day that as we're sitting here feeling judged you know for speaking our mind and and, you know getting censored and you're thinking i can't say the truth anymore why can't you know why is it that there's this pressure on me to not just be who i am it made me think of how uh you know in that way we're getting a little bit of empathy or rather we it probably helps build our empathy for you ever see some uh, movies where you go you know that's realistic and that's awful where the the black kid is just happens to be in the white neighborhood and all of a sudden he sees eyes on him he hasn't really earned it he's just there for some reason trying to act cool and he's a little nervous just because of what he is and he shouldn't be you know and that's got to be very stressful and I'm not trying to say everybody does it I'm saying when it does happen that's that's nutsoid and you know we're kind of feeling that it's got to be over if you don't have a good coping mechanism right. that can that could really just bring you down that's right. kind of where a lot of people are now it's like this it's just one or the other thing where we you know feel so judged that you're not only not agreeing but you're incorrect and you're morally wrong sir Right. And that's that will really knock a person down. Right, especially Little, when yeah. they don't get it. Like, you don't understand why people say it. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're one of those people that are saying it, um, I, you're a bully in my mind. It's just a bully. I don't care what people do or how they live their lives. But I don't. what I don't understand is how people were so... They just gave up their freedoms... And their and their, their their personal choice. I mean, even even like a genie will come and say, "I can't, I can't control your per- personal feelings. I can't control that personal thing. I can't make someone fall in love with you. I can't control that. That is one hundred percent your body. I cannot do that. And right now, it's 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 not ours. We don't have we don't have we don't have ownership over it anymore." And the, what gets me is that they don't care, that they don't have ownership, that they they think that they justify, they're justifying it. And it's at some point in your life, your brain's going to go, 
what are you talking about? And the justification is going to be gone and you're going to sit back and those people are the ones that are going to be hit harder than we are because we've had to deal with it over and over and (laughs) over again. Their brain, because our brains do work, and then the news is finally going to get to them and something's going to happen. Maybe that's why they get so mad when you just suggest, you know, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying that I should be able to not do it. Right. How? Just get just get it. And they're really pissed, and maybe yeah. it's maybe it's a coping mechanism. So I think they can I think it is. It's because it. I did it, so you should do it. And I didn't want to do it, but I did it, and I'm a better person than you. And if people continually keep saying that to me, then I just ignore them, and they're not in my life. Like I have no interest in being around someone who thinks that they're better than me because they got a shot. Because we never had to have the flu shot. It was always an option. Same thing happened. And people, oh, no, this is worse. Well, look at the facts. Go to VAERS. You can find it. No, that's just a lie. What? 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 Like, no, like, it's literally the government think, nope, and they won't even see it. So that's my anxiety, and that's why I meditate, because I just, I try to be with my people that appreciate me and that would never judge me for the way I live my life. Yeah, and I'll say again, I I, I gave the, the black example, but as far as that empathy, you know, even this too, you know, growing up gay in a small town or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount, that's a... You're looking at me and saying, because I, in, in some sense, it's not even that I believe differently. It's that I am different. You know, so when you feel so judged based on either what you think, what you believe, or just even what you are. Right. The amount of stress that, because you better, you know, you better it have. It does. Stroke, I mean, it causes uh, suicide. It causes um, suicide. mechanisms for when, sure. When they're saying the Bible says this and you're a sinful person and you're going to go to hell. And then these people over here are like, the government says that you're going to kill people. And the reason that, the reason that you need to get the vaccine is because my vaccine doesn't work if you're not vaccinated, which makes absolutely no sense. And they keep saying it and you're like. Do, do you do you hear what you're saying? I hear what I'm saying. Don't be arguing with me. And all they want to do is just be angry. And it's not even the vaccine part anymore. It's what's happening in our world. They don't understand, nor do they even really believe what they're saying. And but they're saying it, and it's it's so sad. So anyway, that's enough of that crap. Um, we both have anxiety. We're mild case. We should it. do a support group for people who want to meditate because that's a weird thing. It's such a, a lonely. Yeah. I thought for a long time it's like uh, our city is big enough to be aspirational as far as continuing so, groups. You know, when mm-hmm. you have a million people, it's you're gonna get be able to get meetups. When you have this many, you're gonna get something started. And how long will it last? It's like, and obviously, it seems like a strange thing to group meditate, but it might keep people on practice. If once every two weeks we said, "Listen, we're gonna come to the you know Metropolitan Church or whatever, and we can use the basement. We'll talk about it. We'll have a little bit of rapport, and then we'll try to do a guided uh, meditation. meditation. Or you can feel safe in this gym because someone's gonna be watching the door." And go ahead and, you know, get your meditation on yourself for the next 20 minutes. Right. You know, that type of thing. See, I do my guided meditation every day. Every day. Well, not on the weekends. Not on the weekend. Does he go, Simon. Simon. Oh, yeah. Sinek. You know what? I'm going to send him brownies. If I can get his address, 
I'm sending him brownies. And I'm going to tell him thank you for having an intelligent brain on all of the different things that he talks about. They all make sense to me. And that means that he just, he just, he basically confirms that what I already knew. I didn't, I didn't learn anything. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, that's a great thing. I was confirmed that I'm a freaking brilliant, intelligent person. Because, so anyway, if I can Kim, find his address, Kim, well, well, I will, that will be her ohm. That will be her chant. Oh, yeah. Simon. Simon. He's so, he's adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> I can't, Keanu and I had to break up. Eminem, I can't get a hold of him. He's all rocking. Oh, I music. think he's a big deal. What with that black hair and everything. Uh, oh, that's sexy black hair. Mm. She's she's just, gone to a different place. We'll on, hold, we'll give her a on, chance to come hold back. Hold on, hold on, just a second. Mm. I'm not even going to uh, mention uh, uh, Jelly Gyllenhaal's lips. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mentioned. Oh, guilty. okay. Uh-huh. I think I'm helping on, her deal I, with yeah, anxiety, I got it, though. I got it. <laughs> Oh, yes, you did. Just to be clear, yes, for did. those who missed the episode, we are watching that um, not great movie called The Guilty, <laughs> where it was it. basically Jake by himself. <laughs> and at one point, they did they did a close-up because he was a 9-11 operator. And Kim went to a different place as they looked at his the close-up of his mouth. Oh, those lips. <laughs> <laughs> and, Tyson and it goes, didn't even stay in the internal voice. No, <laughs> it no. just came right came out. Right. Tyson goes, well, that went someplace different. <laughs> Not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking we're on the same track on this movie. No, nope, nope, we're not. No, we're not. Oh, boy. All right, guys. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We always appreciate our listeners, and we're so excited. Hey, listen. Enlist support. Set boundaries. Number three, think of hot people. Number four, create a bucket <laughs> Four, create a bucket list of people you'd like to do. That's not what this says. Hey, you know what? If nobody wants to date me for real, I can have all the bo- fake boyfriends that I want. And it's, it's really cool because we don't ever fight. Everything is perfect. <laughs> or because... other F words. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> nope. There's, there's toys for that. Okay, this, this is hilarious. So um, right, I'm going to plant a seed into Kim's brain. Okay. Think of those um, Facebook virtual reality. You need to go into the deep web and see if they have any programs for the virtual reality goggles that include uh, your your uh, lovely Jake G. <laughs> I have a very good imagination. Oh, Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. It's virtually real enough. Virtually huh? real enough. That's exactly right. All right. Make sure you go to Facebook. Um, Kimology 411 join our group make a comment we only like nice people we don't need assholes <laughs> I mean you can be an asshole but um, that might be fun but we prefer nice people um, go find us on Twitter Instagram and of course uh, TikTok I love my TikTok uh, go check out our last episode our last episode of Systematic Chaos um, I'm going to talk about my sweatshirt of be kind to everyone and how the world is so small I'm going to talk about my um, interview with John. I did a superstar segment, so go check that one out. Um, the government, instead of $600, um, now they're thinking $10,000. They want to spy on your account. Um, and, of course, clickbait. 
and Tyson's ridiculously amount of voice messages to me, <laughs> and I listened to absolutely zero of them. So, okay, I talked about how Kim and I are apparently growing closer. Yes, big, big steps, big mm-hmm, steps. Yes. I also talked about a a fun event that I went to that was just nice and simple, but still fun and pleasant. I talked about. Um, one of my very, very favorite. I knew about him before, but I've dug in more as far as a, a, a podcast and broadcast, podcast host and broadcaster in general, both podcast and radio. I talked about also another one of my favorite uh, broadcasters in the sports area versus what some poor NFL markets have to put up with. Holy crap. And I talked about um, uh, giving you a clue on, on a, a great resource to look into the Princess Diana yeah, and, and uh, that's about it. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Tyson, for helping make Chemology 401 so awesome. All right, everybody. Keep taking all of your adventures, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.